I think it's definitely important for us to enhance how we, I guess you used to say, check out ego. Not put ourselves in a box, but put ourselves mm-hmm. in an understanding to where there's a difference between uh, seeking knowledge, obtaining help, and just being overruled. So that's, you know, sometimes you just mm-hmm. feel like, oh, no, you, you're just trying to own me, you're trying to rule me. No, I'm trying to help you. This is the 40 Lessons Podcast. My name is Todd B. Waldo. Thank you so much for checking out 40 Lessons, especially this month. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we've been doing a special focus for these last two weeks on mental health. Last week, for episode 52, you got to hear a little bit of my own journey uh, through depression and anxiety, and today... I am excited to share with you my conversation with James Harris. James Harris is the founder of Men to Heal. He is a licensed medical health professional. He holds a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. In 2018, he created Men to Heal, a movement to bring awareness to the stigma surrounding mental health, especially among black men and underserved populations. So let's go ahead and get into it. This conversation here on the 40 Lessons podcast with James Harris. We're doing a very special focus for the 40 Lessons podcast. You know, every episode, I encourage you all to take care of yourself and take care of each other. Uh, and this month is the perfect month to focus on what that really means. And to help me do that, uh, I'm calling on a brother who uh, is an expert in this. He's doing it right here in Richmond. Uh, James Harris, I'm looking at his face right now. He looks good at home. James, what's up, brother? It's good to see you, man. What's up, man? I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks for calling me an expert, but I don't think I'm an expert. <laughs> you know, I know what I know, and I'm hoping to learn what I don't know. So, uh, you know, I just like to put myself in a position to, to elevate different people and um, different communities and stuff like that. So, Well, you you are a gift to us. And, um, you know, I... I decided, you know, you and I were kind of going back and forth a little bit on Instagram. I, I decided that because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, mm-hmm. that the focus for our podcast, uh, for you and I's conversation, and what I'm going to do in May is is all about that. And um, I've had my own journey, which I'm sharing, and you know, I've shared that in a different episode. But um, you yourself, as not just a, a a practitioner of this. Like this is your life, this is your work, but you are also one who lives this, you know, with your with your own discipline. Um, I wanted to I wanted to go back a little bit and figure out like how did you how did you arrive at a place where you knew that caring for your own mental health was so just so vital and important. Man, just wanting to be sharp and be a, a an example to the community, as an example to my personal family. Um, but starting out like years ago probably over 25 years ago, I was a ward mm-hmm. of the state. Um, I was in foster care and group home. The therapy was mandatory mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't benefit from it. I didn't receive as much as I could from it based on um, it was a, a difference in culture and subcultures, I guess you can say, um, mm-hmm. with the therapist. So for me, it was just not a good experience. I didn't uh, receive as much as I guess I should have. And then fast forward a couple of years later, uh, when I joined the military, there two deployments, Iraq and Afghanistan. It was the same thing when I saw therapy after those deployments. Uh, it just wasn't a good experience. Um, the first experience um, 
<clears throat> when counseling was mandatory when I was a, a kid, you know, adolescent and stuff like that. It just was basic talk therapy with uh, older white gentlemen who couldn't relate to me, I felt. You know, it just felt basic mm -hmm. as far as just sit down, let's have a conversation, help me disclose all this information. <laughs> right. And, and it wasn't good. Were you in Richmond when that was happening? Where were you? Yeah, yeah, Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. I mean, the group home was, you know, in, in the surrounding county. I think it was in Rico. Yeah. Um, but yeah, therapy was in Richmond. So it just wasn't a good experience. You know, it was more like what you see on TV, like Hollywood therapy. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a kid, man, a young black kid from the projects. Now I'm in therapy. So it was you know, just old white man asking me questions. It was it was not a good experience because he wasn't relatable, whether it was culture based on ethnicity or, mm -hmm. you know, the age, you know, just the difference, me being stubborn, a, a collection of things. Um, but also, yeah, when I became a veteran, it was similar. I got back from my deployments, um, me and a couple of my battle buddies, man, you know, we was different. Mm -hmm. I was a gunner um, on both tours, combat engineering. Um, so I've seen some things, I've done some things. So of course mm -hmm. I felt that wasn't right. And uh, I saw therapy for it. Um, and, and it was the same thing, man. It was this older white lady with no combat experience telling me how I should feel and process when I, you know, was re-experiencing things. So I just was like, man, no, nah, it got to be a different way. Some got to be different. Um, so throughout my therapeutic journey, I continue to get help. I continue to um, grow within that, you know, find a therapist that was relatable and uh, close to my niche, I should say. So then, you know, that's what I did too. I became one so I could prevent uh, what happened to me from happening to other people, um, whether that's young men, whether that's African-Americans, whether that's combat veterans, whether that's, you know, any any type of demographic that I felt was lacking, I, I wanted to become and I wanted to serve. And uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing now, man. You decided um, when you came back, first of all, thank you for your for your service that's you know i i've never been in the military so i have no idea of what that requires of you physically yeah. emotionally mentally um but i know that it requires a lot when you come home and you decide that based upon that experience those two tours that you yourself are going to seek out that kind of support um yeah I, th I think for many of us um we we have to hit a certain point in life to even discover that may, maybe something's wrong. Maybe something's off and maybe I should talk to somebody. Um, in your experience, as you've kind of now are kind of practicing this, um, do you find as people kind of at, at that moment as well as maybe, maybe things are going okay? Like maybe you're at the height of their experience and just kind of want to maintain what's happening with their lives. Is it, um, does it happen in, in, in both ways you think? Yeah, yeah. So I think now it's more awareness surrounding the fact of people need to heal. So I think a lot of people are in tune um, just holistically in trying to better themselves, um, you know, and it, it's a great push right now from the media and, and support systems and stuff like that. So I think now is way more, you know, it's 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 open more to do it and it's less stigma surrounding it. Um, you know, this time, like five years ago, you couldn't talk about going to therapy or you couldn't be as open like mm -hmm. celebrities, you know, athletes. Now they retire and that's the first thing they say. And I don't know if you seen an article with Dwayne Wade like two years ago. He said, the first thing I'm doing is going to therapy. You know, it's going to be different, you know. Yeah. Um, 
different actors. They seeking therapy out the movie roles they're playing. So it's it's more open now, and and people want to be healed, which is a good thing. Does the language matter? Does it matter what we call it? Like you hear your therapy, counseling, mental illness, health, mental health. Like we use a lot of different nouns and words. Yeah, well. Um, I mean, in some aspect, it can be different depending on um, who it is and how you're processing it. As long as it's not used in, I guess, derogatory ways, I think it'll be all within that same realm. But I think if you're talking to a, a person in a position to assist you, they'll probably redirect your language if it is off topic or off subject or belittling to the actual field. But outside of that, I don't think... Um, somebody outside of the field would know the difference. Like, oh yeah, I'm saying a counselor or I'm in therapy. You know, to them, that's one and the same, but it's different type of uh, theories and theoretical orientations within therapy and counseling and stuff like that, where it's distinguished. Yeah, I, I think sometimes, you know, I like the word health, you know, like caring for my own mental health. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. We are thinking more holistically about health, you know, our physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, all that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I think we think of mental illness as why I have to go to therapy. I'm not yeah, so, sick, right? Yeah, I'm not, so I, and I think that's what happened, though, a part of the stigma. People equated that with, you know, something is wrong with you. Not, they don't think of it as like a tune up or a check or to mm. maintain, you know, like they look at it like, oh, if you got to this point, there's something wrong, you know, um, and, and that could be due to a lot of reasons like you know, family reasons, you know, keeping stuff within the house, not telling nobody or going to church and praying it away. So different reasons associated. Well, if you got to this point to where you talk to somebody outside the house, outside the church, you must be crazy. You must be this or must be that. Um, so I think that played, you know, culturally or society played a portion in, in, in equating those two. But uh, for some people, it's literally just maintenance. Like, oh man, no, I just want to process my day. I want to, this happen. I just want to make sure that I handled it the correct way. And for some people, it is a little bit more intense. It is more of, man, I, I don't think I'm the same. I've seen mm. this happen. You know, so um, some people are traumatized. And realistically, within our community, our demographic, is a lot of unresolved trauma that people don't know how to process. Or if they are processing it, it became so normalized that they're overlooking certain aspects, you know, because like overworking yourself, it might sound like, oh, he a hustler, he motivated, but mm -hmm. that could be a sign of you running for something that's bigger. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're not doing a substance, but you substitute that with overworking mm -hmm. yourself. You avoid people, you, you know? So all of those things play a part of that. People don't look at it like that. They view it as, oh no, nah, he got it all together. He's, you know, he's yeah. working this job and then he's going to school and then he's going to another job. Yo, what are you running from? You know what I'm saying? In some aspects, that can be the case. I want to I want to stay on that a little bit because I think you're absolutely right. The, the journey of, especially for black men, the journey yeah. for black men in this country is one. Um, you know, we are we are confronted with being seen as a threat. We have our you know views of ourselves, how we work with each other, how we are in our families. There's there's so many aspects that make that journey very hard and very difficult. Yeah, um, and as you have sat with other with other black men and kind of listened to to their stories, how do you help them see that this is important? That for them to be, you know, the best version of themselves, that caring for their mental health is a is an essential part of that. 
Um, first thing I try to do is be open and honest with my own situations. Um, I started a move, move, mental heal movement uh, about two years ago, and it's successful as far as taking off. You know, merchandise is over a, a thousand now, and there's people in different countries. Actually, I've done seminars via Skype in uh, four different countries. Wow. Of course, domestically, I've been yeah, I've been to different states uh, for seminars. You know, they they bring me out to speak and and do presentations. So I've been fortunate. Um, but just bringing awareness to it, not just mental health, but overall wellness, uh, physical health as well, uh, mm -hmm. to why it's important for men. Just based on basic surveys and basic information that you can research, men are less likely, 50% less likely to get a physical annually. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when uh, according to the women, they go at least twice a year for certain checkups and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then, of course, with men, the, the mental health aspect is definitely a no-no. Um, as of recent, you know, men are, are 71 percent less likely to see a therapist, whether that's uh, a male therapist or female therapist for any reason. So for me, it's pretty much just normalizing man, expressing it. And um, I do a lot of re-educating, too, because a lot of people, a lot of men that I've come into, you know, don't know the difference between uh, depression and they still equate vulnerability with weakness. So when I re-educate them on basic information, like, all right, so take depression, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, DSM-5 basically break down depression uh, within categories. So lack of interest in pleasure, um, isolation, not sleeping, not eating, um, you know, different stuff like that. So when you're telling this to a guy that's 6'5", 280 pounds, he's like, <laughs> nah, that's, that's a female diagnosis. I ain't depressed. So I show him, you know, I show him the criteria from depression. He stepped back and like, oh, man. I don't know when the last time I got a full night's rest. Well, I haven't been sleeping. Well, yeah, some of the things that I used to do, I don't do it no more. You know, so yeah, bro, you, you fit the definition. It's nothing wrong with that. Now let me help you uh, you know, uh process this or help you uh become better, help you not become so isolated or use negative coping mechanisms and stuff like that. So from there, from the movement, man, it just grew so much. And then uh that's why I decided to write a book, man, just mm -hmm. express yourself. And, uh, you know, to, to help people that I can't immediately reach. Um, but it's so many people in different cities and state like, hey, man, how can I how can I do this or how can I help or, you know, send me information on X, Y, Z. So, you know, I figured a book would be the best way to reach those people who are not within my direct, uh, I guess, reach my range. You know, they can always go to Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or to my website and get the book and then. Uh, process it, you know, not only for themselves, but for their family. Um, and I got a lot of women supporters, man. So either they're advocating for their son or their boyfriend or husband or their seven father, man. Like, you'll be surprised of how many messages and emails I get all the time. Like, hey, my dad want to talk to somebody, but he old, he don't, you know, he, mm -hmm. he's still uh, skeptical about speaking to people, you know, so I'm giving feedback on, all right, cool, just support them, help them ease up. Do the research with them, you know, um, make them feel comfortable and, and letting them know that you see a difference and it could help hopefully impact his life. So a lot of women support, man. You know, they got uh, men in their lives that they care about. So they they normally buy a shirt for them or I got uh, a couple emails the other day that this lady bought books for her son, her her boss and her husband um, wow. in efforts for them to, you know, open up and express it. So that was the whole goal, man. And, and I guess it's working right now. Yeah. Do, do you think it's, I know for me, my, my catalyst for going, it was external. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, so it was my daughter's mother observing behavior in me and saying, I, just talk to somebody. Like talking to me is not helping, but talk to yeah. somebody. But I needed someone on the, on the external. Um, and I was already in depression. I didn't know that's what it was, but I was already there. What made it worse was me becoming a father and really being feeling unprepared for that because I had yeah. not yet processed all of the experiences with my dad. So by the time I got into my 30s is when I started to unpack what happened to me when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. Um, that external influence. So you talk this example of, you know, the, the mother buying it for her son or buying it for, you know, for a coworker. Um, how do you encourage people? How do you encourage people to do that? Like, how do you help people see their role? So if, if it's not you and you know somebody, like, how do you help people figure out how to do that outreach, how to make that connection to encourage yeah, that so, person to maybe get some help? Yeah, man, I've been fortunate enough to just put out content and people uh, gravitate to it. So, you know, I'll, I'll put up a post about vulnerability or uh, men talking or, um, you know, feelings or emotions, and then people see it, they'll share it, and then, you know, they'll start asking questions. And then, it, you know, one thing leads to another. They send me an email or a text or a call and say, hey, my uncle, you know, or my, my nephew or my brother, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm just directing them similar to, to what you said your um, daughter's mom did or your kid mom did yeah. as far as, hey, man, you're different. I just, you know, or, and then they, they turn that into, hey, it's this guy, man, you should check him out. And then they wind up checking me out and saying, oh, man, my, my wife said, you know, I haven't been acting the same. What should I do? Or, you know, whatever the case mm -hmm. is. So it's just basically me just putting out content and it reach whoever it needs to reach. Um, so that's my plan is to continue to deliver and continue to uh, bring awareness and bring attention to it. So to me, we normalize everything else. So if I can continue to normalize this, it'll be more valuable to somebody to enhance their lifestyle within a good way. Um, because like for you, you know, she seen something in you that was different and that's normally how it happens. You know, she supported you and, and then you wanted to change for yourself. So ultimately that's what got to happen. Like if your support system is strong enough and um, entrusting you to make those necessary changes within yourself without you being stubborn, then ultimately you're going to seek the help. You're going to, you're going to either, either you're going to try to do it on yourself or you're going to try to seek the help. You know, like you're going to change your diet or you're going to start exercising. You're going to start doing music or poetry. You know, you're going to start coping and you're going to start trying to distract yourself from it. And if that don't work, ultimately you may say, all right, cool. Let me, let me go and talk to somebody. And we, we hope that step is way before you, or that person um, indulge into a negative thing like uh, you know uh, substance abuse or anger and aggression and stuff like that to express how they're feeling. Yeah, that's good. Um, and you described my journey perfectly. <laughs> oh, was. I, I, it was. It was. It was. I tried to cope, and the coping didn't work. Um, yeah, yeah. And I. And so I think. I, Go ahead. So it's it's not just you, man. Like that's that's the typical person. You got to remember, like I probably met you what three or four months ago. So yeah. there's no way I would have known what happened to you uh, 20 years ago. Or so, um, but that's like the typical journey for the majority of the people I encounter. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's everybody's different, of course, but the experiences and and the the walks are pretty much the same in some aspect or something area. 
Um, so I just try to ensure that I'm navigating them or assisting them to better themselves within that area. Yeah. For you and um, and the fellas you hang out with, with you and your boys, is this normal conversation for you guys? Like, do you check in with each other? Like, bro, you good? What's going on? You talk to somebody, lady? You want to talk to me? Like, this? do you? Because this is your job. Like, this is your <laughs> this is your life. Yeah, yeah. So, but do you so, practice uh, with the fellas too? Yeah. So, yeah. So, my circle is pretty small, man. And we hold each other accountable. When I say accountable, I'm talking about uh, nothing is off topic. We pretty much will roast each other for not, you know, being upstanding. Um, so, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're looking at another female, we checking like, come on, bro, you tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like not not to the extent of you're disrespecting your lady, but bro, you got other priorities you need to worry about. You know, so whether it is health or mental health or whatever the case is, we're comfortable enough to let somebody know like, bro, nah, you go to the doctor, you need to get that checked, man. You've been limping for a couple of days. You know, even though he he's planning to tough it out, we hold each other to a certain standard. Like, nah, bro, you gotta, you know, elevate yourself. You gotta, you gotta be at the tip top of your shape so your family can be good, so we can be good. Um, your community's looking at you. So I try to surround myself with people that's not only um, upstanding within themselves, but hold me accountable and hold me to a certain standard, as well as want the best for themselves. surround yourself with folks who um you know they're gonna help you be the best version of yourself but also you get to do that for that person mm -hmm. right um your example of you know those of us who um so you and i like we both hustle like we we got things that we got to do we're out in the community you know businesses we're running we have all these things um and very often we're surrounded by other people like that i i wonder how when we're in a season where we're just coping, how critical is it for us to really look at the people around us and how are those people maybe supporting how we're coping? Right. If we're just grinding too hard, are there people around us maybe that are reinforcing that in maybe a way that's not maybe not best for us? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was gonna say. You, you just definitely gotta ensure that the people around you not enabling enabling your behavior, whether that's uh, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it has to be that medium balance. So like you mentioned, like we on the go, we running, we hustling, we up, sun up to sun down, trying to, to us, it's all right, cool, we making it better for our family, so they don't have to do it as much. But we also got to find that uh, period into where we are resting, where we are having fun with the family, while or we are engaging with co coworkers or people in the community doing different stuff. So. To me, I ensured that I had a healthy balance with my daughter, my lady, uh, my, my friends, my family, and then I'm go, you know, so I make sure that I prioritize, all right, I'm gonna do this for a couple of hours and I'm gonna do this, you know, so it's not just me doing one thing to where it, it appears that I'm running from something or I'm not as focused on something else that, that should have my attention in a positive way. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that 
I constantly say I'm in I'm I'm in pursuit of balance. Yeah, like I'm trying to hold things at the right priority. I'm trying to do in this moment what should I be doing, um, and just trying to live in that balance, um, and 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 holding all things together. I think that's that's a constant pursuit, you know that I'm that I'm after. Uh, when you when you wrote this book, um, this is your first book. You haven't written a book before. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is my first book. I started on uh, uh, two other books, but so that's why I call this one a passion project, man, because I started oh, really? two other books. Yeah, I started an um, autobiography uh, a couple years ago just, from, you know, to uh, display my life, man, from foster care to group home to yeah. being homeless to now owning uh, four properties and, you know, over 20 investments within the city and, and mm -hmm. four different businesses in the city. So, for me, I, I wrote a book. I was writing a book to show other people within my um, similar walk that they can overcome it as well. So it never, you know, I, I'll write a couple of pages and then, yeah. it, you know, I'll <laughs> so that, that's been a journey since like 2008. Um, and then there was another book that I was going to write uh, based on the hustle of, you know, the, some people in the media. Um, I might still come back to that to both of them later. But this one, it was just. Uh, I, no, I got to get this content out there. I got I made up my mind, man. And then I just, I, I literally was locked in. This, this process took uh, about six months from hmm. gathering the topics that I wanted to discuss to uh, self-publishing and putting it out there. So this one was different. That's why I think it was more of a passion, more of a need than the other ones, you know, because like the, the first book I mentioned about my life story, like, you know, you're you don't say autobiography anywhere. It's somebody that definitely went through way more than I've went through. So, you know, it wasn't as needed as I think this one is right here. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I remember when I when I wrote my first book, it was it took about a year. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's hard. Like it's hard to do it. it. The time, man. <laughs> the time, man. Uh, I'm in awe of friends that I know that are authors and just kiss crank out volumes of pages it's I'm, I'm in awe of them because it was just, it was just so difficult but um congratulations that's a huge accomplishment uh mentoheal.com folks can get the book there you said it's on amazon and all the places it's man yeah, amazon bonds and noble yep. yeah man just express yourself is the is the name of the book yeah uh, so, uh, so hold on it's it's an interactive journal uh so pretty much what i mean by interactive is mm -hmm. Um, I'm explaining like a different topic. Like I'm like, let's say mood, right? I'm mm -hmm. explaining what mood is. Then I'm asking about five or six questions. So on the next page, uh, that man can, you know, write out the answers to the questions that mm -hmm. I'm talking about, or if they're young enough, they can draw it out on the following page. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's interactive. So imagine like 60 different blurbs and then you giving 60 different responses. So it's good for that wife who sees her, husband shut down and don't know why let's say she hands him this book he completes it and he gave it back to her and she flipped through it like oh this mm. is what it means he's not he's not shutting down because of me he's shutting down because this happened to him years ago you know mm. like you said uh some things are just repressed like you said you didn't something happened to you when you was five or six came back when mm. you was about to have your kid so you know what i'm saying like just imagine that that wife is probably taking it personal because she don't know these things. So I'm hoping that this book open up and have them exchange dialogue. Or just imagine that ten year old boy right now that's not feeling himself, but 
want to understand why. Let's say he completes his book and then two years from now, he picks it back up and say, all right, let me see how much I've grown or let me see what still triggers me or let me see what I can change now. You know, so it's it's like a, a, a guide to grow with you, um, not only for the young men, but for the older men as well. The, the role of of pride and ego for a man if, if there's if there's nothing I else got a section in there on that no if, it's, if if nothing else is going to stop us from changing is that pride and that ego how, how do you how do you talk to men about and how does the book help you know help us think through our pride and ego and 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 what what that might be doing blocking us from you know us living in full health and being our best self yeah, I mean, ego is, I got a section in here on ego, mm -hmm. um, and, and ego is pretty tricky, man, because it will, like, prevent you from being your best self. It, it will prevent you from making connections that you should make. It will prevent you from doing, you know, just basic stuff that's needed just based on, you know, you overreacting when you don't have to react in that, in that type of tone or that type of way. So I think it's definitely important for us to enhance how we I guess used to say check out ego, not put ourselves in a box, but put ourselves mm -hmm. in the understanding to where there's a difference between uh, seeking knowledge, obtaining help, and just being overruled. So that's, you know, sometimes it just mm -hmm. feel like, well, no, you, you're just trying to own me, you're trying to rule me. No, I'm trying to help you. So yeah. once, once that balance is in place, then it's, you know, it's more, we can open up. Have you, have you had conversations with just either people who are, buying the book or just part of the work you know that you're doing out in the community um or just friends and families and folks that you know i'm guessing the last few months have been particularly challenging for people yeah due to covid yeah man like i, I don't know i this is i have i am grateful that i went to therapy and that i got some tools to help me work through what's been challenging for me since february no, nah, that's awesome, man. So what I'm to be honest, what I'm telling people is be honest with themselves. So realistically, it's going to be two type of people. It's going to be somebody that create a masterpiece, whether that's music, art, home projects, whatever mm -hmm. the case is. And it's going to be somebody who simply just rest. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, they're both are correct. You know, it's no this is a different time for everybody. So the way we process it is different. Um, it's a lot of people that feel pressure to, well, I got this downtime. I need to do X, Y, Z. I supposed mm -hmm. to finish this. I supposed to do that. I supposed to be on the go. Nope. You can take your time. You can rest. Realistically, this is going to be the first time many people rest for for the first time in probably years. Mm -hmm. You got to think. Somebody was working uh, from, from nine to five and then got off work and, and then went to a part-time job. And, you know, so... No, this is your time, man. Like, catch up on rest if you need to. Interact with your family if you need to. Uh, don't feel pressured to say, I have time and I'm not using it. Mm -hmm. Like, rest and recovery and um, centering yourself, finding balance within yourself is, is just as important as completing that checklist that you wanted to do. So, again, both of those people are right. Somebody that's about to overachieve and accomplish a lot of stuff and somebody that's about to do absolutely nothing uh, a healthy nothing though. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mean sit around and isolate and just eat and do stuff like that, but definitely find a balance of you know resting more than more than six hours if you can, uh, eating healthy, um, you know, just relaxing, catching up on a show that you mm -hmm. didn't see, you know, just centering yourself from running all the time. Yeah, 
what what this crisis has done it's it is highlighted it is reminded uh and in some respects exposed the inequity the disparity that was already there we already knew that zip code mattered we already knew that people who are who are brown and living in poor conditions that life is harder for them in almost every aspect of life right we already knew that this is is exacerbated that this has made that even worse um I think that's also true for people's mental health. Like it was already yeah. hard to, you know, to manage and to do and to and to hold on to all the responsibilities that we have. But this has made it even harder for some people to 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 do that. Um, for for the, for the person who's the business owner who's trying to figure out how to get the payroll going, the parent that's got the works all the time and they got two kids at home and their partners at home. The house is full of people <laughs> and I'm not used to that. Um, the person who is just kind of maybe struggling with anxiety because they're not sure when things are going to change. What do you recommend for them? Like what are, are there tools they can use? Are there places they can go? Like if someone really, if they need help, you know, and they realize that they need help, what do you, what do you think they can do? Yeah. So, I mean, the, one of the most beneficial things is uh, try to, like know your area, know your demographics. So at certain places you can go, like if you, if you go to NAMI.com, they got a host of resources that you can use directly. That's N-A-M-I.org, NAMI.org, and then put in your zip code and it'll narrow down not only mental health resources, but food banks and you know clothing and housing shelters and different stuff like that. Uh, so if, if you are in that position, you can definitely go there. But if you're seeking more of a therapist, you definitely can go to psychologytoday.com and uh you know potentially type in your zip code and, and look at different profiles and different therapists and stuff like that um you can also you can hit me directly and i'll help guide you and navigate you uh within this journey um and you can with those those family members that you're having an increased time around uh, around now you guys do some bonding exercises do yoga together mm. you know uh, start knitting together do some puzzles like family dinners, interact, you know, it doesn't have to be negative. Um, and unfortunately, if it does become negative, or if it's not a, a situation that's healthy, then you got to also learn how to process that too, like take time from each other, um, figure out what's causing the negative impact to happen within the family, yeah. and then you know, try to benefit from it that way. Um, for you, as you're living now, you know, with the success in business, with the book and all the things, um, your dad, you know, you have a partner, so you have all these things now. Um, how will you put this in, into practice yourself? So we talked about kind of relationship with the fellows. That's a place of accountability. Um, how do you kind of, kind of live in this and practice this for, for your own sake? Cause now you have more responsibility and more stress than ever. I imagine because all the things that you're doing, how are you yourself yeah. kind of keeping your, keeping you, you know, keeping you healthy and making sure that you're good. Man, I, I pace myself to be honest. Like yeah. my only expectations come from myself. Um, hmm. If outside of my daughter, that's the only time I alternate my schedule. So if it's something that I want to do or don't want to do, then I'm not doing it. But if mm -hmm. it's something that my daughter needs, that's it. You know, we that's that's when I'm locked in. So outside of that, I'm good. And then um, the gyms are closed, but I'm still running. I, mm -hmm. I do a lot of uh, uh, jogging. Um, 
and I do a lot of cognitive things like reading and, you know, puzzles and mm-hmm. uh, helping my lady and stuff like that. So for me, it's more relaxation and self-care in addition to, of course, promoting the book and, and uh, putting up content for people to uh, know resources are available. But outside of that, I don't really have any pressures of uh, doing a certain thing or meeting a certain standard because mm-hmm. I'm just in the process of, you know, being holistic for me and being uh, healed enough for me so I can assist people in a better way. Yeah. Every every time I, I, I do a show, I try to I try to inject some hope into it. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's something that we can hold on to. When you think about kind of the future of your work and the impact yeah. that it might have on, on our city, um, what, are you, what are you hoping is going to be the future for, for your work and, and what it might do for, for this place? Yeah, so uh, focusing on the city is good. That's why I do most of my work. At, but realistically, honestly, I'm thinking global, man, mm. um, because I've you know, it's like you, I watched the analytics on my website and it's somebody from Uganda that reached out, somebody from the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, you know, so just based on those analytics, I know like it's a need. And just talking to uh, I talked to a, a guy from um, Colombia and he, you know, in, in his dialect, in so many words, he was saying the same thing about the men. Mm-hmm. He called it the machismo or the macho effect, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the Spanish word was. Um, so that's simply over here, you know, the ego, like the mm-hmm. men, they want to get help. But of course, their machismo or their macho plays effect in it. So it's, it's people all over the world that's experiencing the same thing when it comes to men and mental health. So it's not just locally. It's, it's definitely a global thing. So I want to impact the world. I want to do something different uh, as far as assisting as many people as I can overcome certain obstacles. Um, if not for me directly, then hopefully be a resource and a tool for them to do that. That's good. Uh, I am talking to James Harris. He is the author of Man, Just Express Yourself, mentoheal.com, M-E-N-T-O-H-E-A-L.com. James Harris, brother, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for spending some of your Friday morning with me. Um, this is an important, important conversation. So, I mean, I really appreciate you jumping on here with me. Yeah, man, I definitely appreciate you for having me, man. Um, Definitely looking forward to, you know, continue to working in the future, building different things, collaborating, because um, ultimately we we definitely got to continue to set the example. I guess both of us are in a position to mm-hmm. where we can model certain behavior. We can, um, you know, display certain things. So it's good for people to continue to see that and um, know that they can get to this process as well. So, yeah, definitely, man, we're going we gonna to rock out. Um, appreciate you guys for listening, tuning in. If you want to hit me directly, like you said, men to heal.com m-e-n-t-o-h-e-a-l.com or instagram m-e-n underscore t-o underscore h-e-a-l um again if i can't help you directly i definitely shoot you a resource that can um and some of the resources i mentioned earlier was psychology today if you're seeking a therapist or nami dot org if you're seeking different resources uh food housing um mental health resources shelters stuff like that. That's NAMI, N-A-M-I.org. And you can type in your zip code and narrow it, narrow it down to your specific region. Cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll add the links to those in the description for the podcast. So make sure you guys can get to those. Again, thank you. Thank you, James. All right, bro. Appreciate you. Thanks again to James. If you are not following him, do that. He's on all the socials. Go to Men to Heal 
Mentoheal.com. You can look at additional resources. If you yourself just need someone to talk to, you're trying to figure out where you can get some help, reach out to James, talk to him, go to mentalhealth.com. He's got a bunch of resources there. He's got the book there as well, and you can buy that. This is another helpful resource for you on your journey or maybe for someone that you know. As always, as always, especially during this time, I hope that you are taking care of yourself. And let's make sure that we are taking care of each other, reaching out, text messages, phone calls, drive-bys with the car, beeping the horn and waving at people, just whatever it takes. Check on your neighbors. Just let's make sure that we are living as a community and checking and taking care of each other. This is 40 Lessons. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for checking us out. Take care.